Hello, my name is Marcelo, but you might know me as Atasheshi. I'm a grumpy geek who solves problems, many of which created by myself with the help of my chaos magnet. That's how I'm surviving for a long time as a pothole fixer in this ship. Oh, yes, Tekka, with a P. Tekka is my best buddy. She's always around and will help me share knowledge in a very different way. I'm guessing that's why you're here after all. So welcome aboard. You are right in the middle. I am so tired today. It seems I've been fighting against all my nightmares at the same time. The output changes even if I change the documentation. I think I need vacations. Yeah, maybe just a nice sleep will do. You know, I've been into a lot of troubles ever since I started my career. Well, I guess the first freaking moment I can remember is a tricat block being used as an if-else block. It worked, but it looked so ugly at that time. I was so ingenuous. That was a fluffy dog compared to what was waiting for me. I even got a chance to write something worse. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to write an alert from when the disk utilization goes beyond 100%. Yeah, you can imagine how many times that alert was fired. But you know, the most consistently crazy code I've seen was during one of my hard times, working on a software where no one was allowed to see the source code for the middleware they were coding. They created a buggy middleware in Java and denied access to its source code. That was the reason why I had to learn bytecodes, surviving it that wild depending on that. We also had another constraint. No internet access. None. Zero. Nada. <laughs> That's a good point, Tekka. I don't know why they block access to the code and the internet. It sounds like they don't trust people. That is a common issue even these days. If you don't trust your people, why would you hire them? It doesn't make sense to me. At least, it didn't at that time. Okay, I can't say it's true for all the cases. But I can't think of any scenario I was involved where the root cause wasn't a company coding the solution instead of solving a problem. Software engineers were hired not to think about how to solve the problem, but to code something the company was sure it's gonna solve a problem, without even knowing if that was indeed a problem to solve. From there, you can guess how things were going. No room for creativity because the solution was dictated. No need for internet because you should just write code, not think about solving something that is, in theory, already solved. No room for testing, because the solution is proved to work in four spreadsheets and two slide presentations. And it has to hit the market ASAP, because as soon as the market is aware of the solution, they will start suffering from that problem. <laughs> yeah, Taka, 
No one was focusing on the problem, only in the solution. They were not prepared to be wrong, so they didn't challenge themselves. In the end, they had to persuade customers to buy the solution for a problem no one was having. Valteca, there are some reasons why someone would buy a solution for a problem they don't have. But I want to keep my sanity and not talk about that. Instead, let's talk about why it's important to focus on the problem. But right now my problem is, there is no rum in my glass. Come on, let's fix it. Teka, of course you remember about our science-driven development. This is actually way more broad than it appears. Proving you're wrong is actually the base foundation for everything we do. When companies start with a solution, they look for the problem it solves, usually on a very biased approach, because starting with a solution doesn't allow room for being wrong. On the contrary, when companies start with a problem, they can challenge themselves, reframe the problem until it becomes clear, understand what needs to be solved and not how it's going to be solved. This is the perfect scenario for proving you are wrong. In this case, real data is the key to prove you're wrong. Then the problem starts to show up. Good question, Teka. The fact that the problem is discovered doesn't mean you're now gonna solve it. Some problems are not worth to be solved, and the reason varies. Maybe it will cost too much to solve, maybe it's not aligned with the company's strategy, maybe it's not even something the market will pay for having it solved. That is actually why I don't believe in delivering more than what was agreed. Yeah, I know, I know, maybe I went too far. Imagine you're assigned to solve a problem. You just finished the task, but then you suddenly have a thought about solving another problem that you are sure it's gonna be appreciated by the customers. And you do it. Congratulations! You have just created a problem instead of solving one. You basically assume that you were right without collecting any real evidence that the new problem indeed exists. Even worse, there are teams responsible for discovering and prioritizing the problems that the company will solve, so you just bypass them all, instead of working together with them. And it gets worse and worse, the extra work will need to be maintained. Who's gonna own this? Will this create a technical debt in the future? Are the customers really in need of this? Are they willing to pay? Almost every time, the extra work comes from an opinion. Opinions are usually irrelevant, as they are a limited perspective that doesn't represent the market, unless you validate it with real data. Good observation, Teka. It might be that, instead of an opinion, the extra work was originated from actual data. Still, there are so many people that need to be involved in order to not only map the problem, but also make sure it is worth to solve, and more important, when it will be addressed. But of course, I'm talking about a happy scenario, where the problems are well-defined and prioritized. Defining a problem to solve is not hard, but it has to be done right, or you will end up having the wrong feeling about doing more than what was asked for. I actually remember when we were working on a web crawler, we were building it for just one customer. 
The plan was to create a database from two sources of public data, so the customer could use it to run some analysis. But the problems were not well defined. So one specific was to parse a web page. This might look okay, until we had an issue. Data inconsistencies directly from the source. Some pages had data inconsistencies, so the invalid data were propagated to our database. We then created a base validation for it and locked inconsistencies so the customer could manually check if there was an issue during the extraction or a data inconsistency. This sounds like we delivered more value than what the problem was demanding, but that problem wasn't well defined. It defined how we were going to solve something, which means it defined the solution, which was to parse a web page. So when we delivered the extra validation feature, it sounded like we did more and it was actually appreciated. But in reality, we defined a solution and implemented another one, more accurate than just parsing some HTML. If the problem was well defined, our solution will be just a good solution to that problem. Because such situations are often praised, it cultivates the need to do more, which will cause waste of time and money if the problem is well defined. That's why I don't believe in delivering more than what was expected. We should write better problems instead and deliver a solution for that problem. So how can we better define a problem? Uh, let me just solve my run problem first. What if I ask you to give me a bubble bowl? Yeah, I'm sure you will just go out and buy a very nice bubble bowl for me. But what if I ask you to give me something that enables me to enjoy the sea life in the comfort of this cabin? Exactly! Now you have a lot of options. A bubble bowl would work, but also a fancy aquarium. Or even a digital aquarium. But hold on a second! We are on a ship! Even a window would work! If I could see the plank, of course. Now what about something that would help me to get from a point A to a point B? Correct, Tucker. This is not enough information. If the point A is close to the point B, a bicycle would work. A car might work as well. But this also depends on more information. If you're talking about Copenhagen, a bicycle is pretty much your only choice. If you're talking about a small city in the countryside, an electric car might not work because of the possible lack of charging stations. It's getting more clear that we always need a bit more information. What do you think it is? It's context. Without context, any potential solution cannot be verified. If A is Earth and B is Mars, an electric car would only make sense if it's attached to a rocket. Getting back to my bubble bowl example, if I ask you to give me a bubble bowl, I'm not asking you to solve my problem, I'm just asking you to bring me the solution I came up myself. This gets worse because I'm not an expert in that field. If I have a problem that I can't solve, I should hire someone qualified to solve the problem for me, not to deliver my own solution. Remember Taka, 
I have to prove that I am wrong. So even if I think I have the solution, I need to be challenged. That's what should have happened with that web crawler project. We were not asked to solve a problem. We were asked to implement a very specific solution. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Build the thing right, not the right thing. That's not a way to solve problems, it's a way to cause problems. Way more effective than my chaos magnet, but not fun. You know, Tekka, after we started with our size-driven development approach, we noticed that it could be applied to a bunch of different scenarios. So it became our prove-you-wrong approach. Our projects now don't start without the real problem to solve. We can't be limited by one particular solution. You're right, Tekka. Limitations breed creativity. Indeed. But it's not all kinds of limitations that will make your creativity shine. Most importantly, defining the problem is the very first thing you need to do to actually solving it. Failing to do so will introduce the bad culture of delivering more because the problem was actually an invalid or incomplete solution. Prove you wrong instead. Challenge your problem statement. Reframe it until you get the best definition. And only then, use your creativity to find the best solution.